Hi everybody, this is Richie Faulkner from Judas Priest and you're listening to Rock with Dave and Shane. It's a blazing chat that just happened, and we're presenting it to you on the program here. Richie Faulkner, Judas Priest, checking in from the road, and uh, right before he goes guitar shopping with George Lynch. How cool was that? No pressure there. Wow. Huh? <laughs> wow. Brother Shane, man, what did you think? <laughs> Would I like to be a fly on the wall? Right oh, now? my God. No doubt. No doubt. And you know they're going to leave with, like, one in each hand. So. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah, man, we covered a lot of ground. Of course, uh, Richie talking about his health uh, after his uh, heart incident that happened. And, you know, he's feeling good. He's uh, He's got a new Gibson guitar uh, prototype uh, based on the Epiphone Flying V that's coming out. The next evolution of that. The guy is the king of Gibson guitars and all kinds of cool stuff there. And uh, talked a little bit about the uh, an upcoming Priest record. Uh, no date yet or anything like that. They're working on it as they tour, working around a lot of different things. What did you think? A lot of, a lot of uh, newsy nuggets there, huh? Yeah, uh, I wanted to at least ask him what the first letter of the album might be, but it's not just the gun. It's for a split <laughs> second there, I thought he was going to answer it, but he, he got that big smile. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. yeah. it's not, <laughs> not jump today. the gun. That's the title. He said, "I'm not going to jump the gun," but that's not the title either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, how uh, pro, uh, more proggy? First off, I mean, yeah, and. Sound, sounding like Killing Machine. I mean, really, I can't. God bless America. <laughs> you know? The grooves, man. The, there's a unique set with '70s era groove and of that at that that time. And whew, and Scott that, didn't deliver that. You know it. That gets me fired up right there. Just that alone. Yeah, I mean, man. Killing Machine's probably in my top three. So. So good. So good. If he would have said <laughs> "Stay in class," I probably would have fallen off my stool. <laughs> <laughs> But Killing Machine is, I'm it's, just, yeah, it's right there. So it is, yeah. But yeah, it was it was enjoyable to uh, pick his brain um, about some of the stuff that we uh, we brought out with uh, KK and the situation. And, and Rich is so gracious about everything, and he talked about everything. And I, 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 yeah. I feel I, for some reason I feel uh, comfort. Like something's going to get resolved here. I, I, I do. I felt that too. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was a sense of calm. It really was. Yeah, a serenity. So. Yeah, serenity in heavy metal. Well, that, that, I, like you know, little flowers that started popping yeah. up. <laughs> he said, "Not to get into a hippie vibe, but we're yeah. feeling a hippie vibe." No. <laughs> and we were. Yeah, yeah that's but right. it, I, I think uh, you're going to love this interview. It was, it was a fantastic time to talk to him. They're on tour. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, he had a very rough year last year with many things. And uh, as you know, his health, which, um, wow, that was just listening to that was 
sobering, man. Your, just... your chest fills up with blood right. while you're playing the last song of, of, the, of yeah. the show. And it hit him so fast that he couldn't get the guitar in the air. And he yeah. lost all of his strength. Yeah. Immediately got weak and they rushed him to... That's mind-blowing. And, and that, think those, of that great... Those surgeons, those doctors, yeah. God bless them. I mean... Those are called widow makers, dude. That, that yeah. there are not a lot of people that make it out of those situations. Yeah, and I think the proximity of the hospital. I, I think he's he's truly grateful. Yeah, yeah, for everything playing out the way it was. Yeah, play it, play it, play it the way it did. I'm sorry. Yeah, not us too, no doubt. And uh, yeah, what do you say we get into that interview and check it out? Uh, nothing could stop it. But hey, we rock and roll. We keep the machine burning. Free will. Oh, Roll the tape, Dave. Roll the tape. Bing. <laughs> Hey, thank you for joining us, man. Uh, uh, we're just so glad to have you with us. You know, we're huge fans and it's we've been wanting to, ch to catch up with you. First, how are you feeling? I know the band's back out on the road. How are you feeling? We've been pulling for you. You know, I know you had the heart situation. How's everything going? It's very nice of you to ask. I'm doing very well. Uh, we're a few shows in now. So a bit apprehensive first couple of shows because we didn't know how it was going to go. You know, you can rehearse. Rehearsing is one thing, but once you get out in front of people and there's adrenaline, it's going to affect your heart in different ways. But we're a few shows into it now and it's all going well. You know, I'm feeling great. A bit tired, but it's always the same at the start of a tour leg. You know, you, you tour, you know, your body's not really used to it. So apart from that, doing good. Awesome. Yeah, I guess the adrenaline kicks in. It's, it's the priest magic and the metal maniacs, yeah. as Rob always says. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. What was that? What was that like, Richie? You're on stage, you're you're playing and and this happens. What I mean, can you describe a little bit of what, what you went through? Was it like a immediate kind of sharp pain or was it prolonged? Yeah. It was it was like um it was like an explosion. So it, that's the best way I can describe it. It was, um, I mean, it wasn't crippling. Otherwise, I'd, I think I'd have gone down, you know. Um, and also, we, we were just talking about the adrenaline. I think that kept me going as well. You know, the surgeons were saying, because we were operating at such a level, you know, it was the music, it was the fans, it was the volume. Your body's kind of operating at that level. The adrenaline kind of keeps you going. Um, but it was like an explosion in the chest. And I just remember thinking, there's something not right there. Mm. Um, and to be honest, the, the more the song went on and it didn't go away, you know, there's something in the chest. I felt faint and I thought, 
is that a heart attack? Have I just had a heart attack? I, I didn't know, you know. It, obviously, it's in the chest area. It's painful. The only thing I could think of was a heart attack. And it, obviously, it turned out not to be a heart attack. But um, that was what was going through my mind. And if I faint, don't fall off the stage. That was what was going through my mind. Um, so I carried on to the end of the song. And it was, my energy was completely gone. Right at the end of the song, I usually lift the flying V up into the air and I tried to do it and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have the strength. So I knew there was something terribly wrong. Yeah. Um, and as I walked off the stage, we usually do a bow. So we usually come on together, link arms and bow. And I just, I couldn't do it. I just walked off, collapsed into a chair and then the medics came out oxygen and we started the process and uh went from there really and luckily there were you probably know the story but there was a uh, one of the best heart hospitals in the country four miles away and it was just it, that was just one of many things that just linked up and saved my life that night just one you know those lucky things that all link up oh, yeah. and align um and it's one of the reasons I'm here today. You know, the surgeons, we had a short set that night. The fact that the hospital was so close, all these things just lined up. And one of the reasons that I'm talking to you today, it was a, it's a mind blowing thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, what does it say too? I mean, between what you went through and I know Rob revealed he had uh, a bout with cancer. And then of course, what Glenn's fighting through and here we are, you know, 50 years on and you guys are hitting that 50th anniversary show every night. I mean, just like the priest, is the priest machine just unstoppable? <laughs> well, uh, I guess so. It's, it's like invincible, isn't it? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I think it's, um, we all love it. I think it's a testament really to, uh, I mean, if we, if we really weren't that passionate about it, I think by now we would have said, let's just knock it on the head. You know what I mean? Let's just leave right. it. But I think, going through what we've all been through and to still be out there doing it, I think it's, you know, not, not patting ourselves on the back, but it's, it's a testament to how much we love to do it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we love playing, we love the fans, we love to be out there, we love to create music, we love to play music, um, and, and we're out there doing it. Um, so, so that's it, really. And I think, it, I mean, I'm not the only one that said this, obviously, but I don't think you retire from this. It's something that you do for life. You know, you might you might retire from a band, so to speak, but you'll probably be down the pub next week playing covers. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, you know, it's in your blood. You know, you never stop doing it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a, it's just part of who we are, really. And the fans have put the band there for fifty years, um, and long may that continue. You know. Yeah, absolutely. What? Just the whole incident, because uh, we were all just. We were all freaking out um, and we were worried about you. How, where, where, where did you get the strength to draw from? You, you, you were playing guitar right away again. You, uh, you picked yourself up and, and here you are, you're back now. Where, where did the strength for this, this whole situation come from with you? Um, well, I've had an incredible support system. You know, my immediate family, have been fantastic you know my other half has been fantastic i've been at home you know i've got my, my daughter um and she's an inspiration you know if you guys have got kids you know having her around has been amazing um the surgeons they they were 
I mean, miracle workers, you know, they were the real miracle workers. And, I've, you know, I've been doing cardiac rehab for the past few months, getting my heart healthy, getting the, the, the whole heart system healthy. Um, I've had the guitar. The guitar has been medicinal. Um, you know, it's part of who I am. So get, I was back on the guitar as soon as I could. And we, as, as soon as I was, I got the approval from the, the doctors that we could put these rescheduled dates in, I've had like a, um, a target to shoot for, you know. So for, I think I was, I was okay before Christmas. So we had these dates a couple of months in advance. So, you know, when you've got that target yeah. to work for, yeah. And it kind of gives you something to work towards. And again, the support system, I've got the guitar, I've got this, you know, every, everything around you. And I, and I just sort of worked towards that. And um, it, it seemed to work really. Um, luckily, um, it, it, it all worked out and here we are on tour again. What, what you do is so physical. And I mean, you've got to be one of the hardest working guitarists in rock, you know? And I, I think when we saw the thing that Rob said about like, you know, possibly doing it as a four piece, I thought, oh my God, Richie, he's like, he's going to be working even harder up there covering all those parts. I mean, I know you talked about it before, but like, was that something that, you know, I, I guess, you know, if it came to that, you, you'd, uh, you'd do covering all the guitars yourself. Well, well, there was a moment there when that was, absolutely what was happening that you know what i mean it was that was the reality we we announced it um and that's what i was going to be doing um obviously we changed our minds on that but um and it, it was up to me to kind of come up with a way to make that happen um i think rob uh made everyone aware it was his idea and he called me up and he said are you okay would you be able to do that and i said dude whatever you know, if you guys think it's a good idea, I'm on board with it. You know, if that's what I, I think they were a four piece right in the beginning. And it was up to me really to come up with ways to make that work, you know. Um, uh, and I had ways, of, I had some tricks up my sleeve um, on how to make that work. Yeah. And uh, that, go ahead. Go ahead James. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a, there was a little bit of a, uh, a lot of people were concerned about, I guess the, the state of Judas priest at that point, and there was quite a lot of commentary. Um, and you finally came out and, and spoke about it. What, what was that whole time? Like where Rob said what he said and, and, and here, here it was, it's out there now. And um, some other people like KK and other people had, had things to say about that. Was that, was that kind of a weird situation for you to be in? Yeah. I mean, it, it was indicative really of, um, the time we live in and how kind of much of a voice everyone has and how connected everything is. Uh, I think if it was 1975, uh, the decision would have been made. No one would have known about it until we got out on the road. You know, that, that's the way everything works. Um, today, everyone's told about it and the world decides, you know, it's like the market decides what they want and what they don't want and they didn't want that and then we decide if we want to do that or not you know it, it's it's kind of um how the world works now um and um I, you know I, I think i've said it before but there was so much uproar <laughs> yeah. you know but you know people cared i guess so much about it i think that's that's a positive way of looking at it, you know, um, 
that people cared so much to voice their opinion. They still care so much about Judas Priest that they cared to voice their opinions so strongly, shall we say. Um, so, uh, you know, so we, we, we discussed it and uh, reevaluated the situation and uh, all's well that ends well, you know. <laughs> Not to, and it, it's hard to get too much into it, but, you know, I think fans have always wondered, you know, like if there was a, a meeting, a conversation, you know, with KK involved and you guys, you know, either, especially for the 50th anniversary, were able to work on something where there was some joint performances. I mean, do you think that's something that's even feasible? And I don't know if you've even had any conversations directly with KK. I know that obviously the band would be involved in that and there's a lot, they, they all go so far back, you know, uh, 40 years or so, but anything to that you think that could ever happen? That's a tough one to answer. At the moment, I think we all, I think everyone knows it's uh that's a bit of a touchy subject, you know what I mean? I think the relationship with them and KK is a bit frayed still. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate, um, you know, for, for, for many different reasons. Some I know, some I don't, you know. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunate that things were left in the way that they were because they could be different now, you know, uh, you know uh, with Glenn's, challenges and stuff uh, that might have been a different outcome if they parted on different terms um, but the reality is that's not the case and and here we are in 2022 with frayed relationships still uh, it, it's not I, I don't know Ken I've, I've never met him um, I don't have a relationship with him like that and it's not my uh, it's not my relationship to fix you know, uh, I've said it before that I think they should uh, call each other, you know, whoever whoever does it first, I don't know. I think they should call each other music aside and just say, you know, hey, bro, how you doing? Let's grab a pint and shoot the shit for half an hour and see how you're doing. Um, but uh, again, that's their that's their relationship, not mine. So, uh, so I, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think it would be... Um, it, it would be a great thing for them just to be buds, you know, and, and patch up what they need to patch up. And then whatever happens after that happens after that. But um, I, I can't see that happening, but I could be wrong, but um, it would be great if that happened. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought it was fantastic what you did. You, when you, I, I don't know who you talked to, but uh, I think it was UCR put it out about, you know, you, you, how you said you wish things were different and, you would love for everybody to sit down and talk over a beer. That's really big of you. And I think that's, that's, I agree. I, I wish, I hate seeing uh, the band in this, this scenario. It's, I mean, this is my band, you know? Well, let me tell <laughs> and, you, life is short, you know? Um, we're not here forever. And you never know when, uh, when it's going to be over. Let me tell you, you know, it, it, it almost was for me and like life's short man you know we're not here for very long and uh it would be a shame to as i said at least not reconcile the differences they have as friends and just just be friends you know fuck all everything else fuck whether he's going to come back in the band or whether they're going to make music again they've been friends for 40 years i think ian and ken went to school together just be just be friends, you know, just as I said, and then uh, whatever happens after that is another story. But, um, you know, before before it's impossible to do, 
because uh, you never know when that's going to happen, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you talk, I mean, just to your point, you talk with so much uh, of a newfound wisdom, I'm sure on that about life being short and all of that. And I wonder, you know, since going through, you know, the health situation you went through, has that changed your writing? Has it changed the, the, the way you write, the way you play guitar, the way you like, is there a newfound inspiration there in the creative side of it? Um, I just consider myself incredibly lucky. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, you know, I wouldn't have seen this, you know, I was in Seattle a few days ago and I was by the water and there was, there's a big Ferris wheel, you know, and I just think, you know, I, I, I might not have seen that, you know, in a, in another, in an alternate universe, I, I wouldn't have seen that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it, make, it makes you, it does oh, yeah. obviously influence the way you think and that in turn influences the way you write. And, um, but yeah, it's just, just an incredible, like, I'm incredibly grateful, you know, to be here. Uh, so it, and I think that in turn infiltrates everything you do, you know, the way you think and uh, the way you write and every, everything you do. I don't think, I think you can't help but be influenced by that, you know. I, I, I won't get all like I won't get all hippie trippy. Right? Anything. No, no, no. I got you. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> no. that's cool. It makes sense, man. Absolutely, I got it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love it. Yeah. You, uh, you recently. Uh, had the band uh, Demon Hunter to your studio. You, you worked on a track with them. Um, are you kind of chomping at the bit to get back into the studio and, and work on another Priest album? Well, Demon Hunter, uh, the guitar player Jeremiah is a good friend of mine. He actually built my home studio during a pandemic. So um, that, that's how that came about. Um, and I, I've been doing stuff in that studio during the pandemic. Uh, and it, it was lucky, really, because it, it was good to have a, a, a creative release during a pandemic when the live side of things was shut down, you know. So that was good. So I'm always tinkering with ideas and songs and riffs and melodies and stuff like that. Um, and we've been we've been working on the Priest record for a little while now, and it, it's been stalled because of the pandemic. You know, we wanted to get together um as a unit and because of the travel restrictions and lockdowns obviously that hasn't been um possible but um we're, we're going to try and make it happen uh, as soon as we can obviously now we're on tour with this year we're going to be touring and stuff so we've got to try and do it around that um and maybe look at ways of doing it maybe reevaluating how we do it but you know trying to do it as soon as we can we've got we've got a ton of ideas ton of great you know songs that we want to get down. Uh, so it's in the works. It's just finding ways to do it around the touring schedule, around, you know, obviously the lockdowns of the last two years. But um, we, once, and I, we've been saying this for a couple of years now, so it's getting boring. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's the, you know, it's the whole situation with the COVID. But um, as soon as we can, we're going to get it done and get it out. You know, and it, it, it's, it's, everyone says this about the new album. It's sounding great. But if it wasn't sounding great, why bother doing one? You know what I mean? Right. But, um, but uh, no, it's, it's a great follow-up to what came, you know, Firepower. It's not the same as Firepower. Again, why bother doing another one that's the same? So it's different, but it's, you know, it's, um, I think it's going to shape up to be a great album. 
I was going to ask you with what you have so far, what is like the feel of it? Because I know like, like Redeemer had a, a really great diversity to it. I felt like, you know, um, firepower was just insane. Amazing, you know, and, and everything you guys do, just the way you play is amazing. So is there like a feel that you can talk about, uh, you know, based on what you guys have so far uh, laid down? Yeah, uh, it's, it's funny, you know, because you, you, say, you say these things and the internet automatically, they've heard the whole record. You know what I mean? You right, that's like true. Yeah. A couple of keywords. <laughs> People have heard the whole thing already, you know what I mean? Right, right. And then the reviews come out and it's like, hold off, folks. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say there, there's, um, there's a few more progressive elements uh, than firepower. Uh, and I don't mean it's 20-minute um, rush songs, you know. <laughs> it's just got a few twists and turns, you know, uh, which make it interesting, um, but it's also got it's also got some of that priest killing machine kind of groove and attitude in there as well. Um, and it's always interesting when you when you when you're coming up with a, uh, a record because what it starts off as can be one thing, and what it ends up as can be totally different based on how how the journey takes shape and. Um, you know, how the vocals take shape and just how the sonic journey, uh, not again, not to get too hippy trippy, but like how that <laughs> sonic uh, journey takes shape, you know. So uh, it's always interesting to see what it ends up as. At the moment, as I said, it's got little progressive elements, little twists and turns. Uh, it's got a lot of riffs, a lot of cool riffs, some great vocals. Um, and again, that in some parts it's got that killing machine attitude and swagger which I, I've, I've always loved about priest so uh so yes listening to your like you talk about priest what besides obviously the records that you've worked on what what uh from the catalog do you find yourself going back to the most to, to listen to what's your favorite priest record would you say my favorite priest record has always been Defenders of the Faith. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> he loves that. Top to bottom, that's my favorite. It just flows, man. Oh, man. I love that kind of mid-80s, um, you know, Defenders of the Faith, Somewhere in Time from Iron Maiden, that kind of, it's almost like it reminds me of kind of Blade Runner. Like, I don't know why that is, but it's kind of, it takes you to another world, you know, like, you know, the Sentinel and Free Will Burning, Night Comes Down. I don't, I don't know why it is, but um, it, that's always been my favorite record. Um, but then, you know, there's other ones, obviously there's other ones, but that, that one always comes out on top for me for some reason. And I think it's because it takes me to, a, it takes me to another place and I love music that does that. Yeah, a great choice. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic choice. You know, when you joined Priest, you brought, uh, I think, bringing the Les Paul and well, pretty much all the fantastic Gibson uh you know brands into uh in the fold and it was so cool it was like a, it was just like a, a a vitamin shot you know like it just it gave the the band such a i think a little bit more grit you know and i'm just wondering because I, I saw you guys in houston and a bunch of times and since you joined the band and you know i would say wow there's a there's an, a, a custom explorer there's a custom sg there's a custom bus but there, there's a million v's that he has it's so cool and i'm wondering like what drew you to gibson and is there a different feel that you get from each say gibson guitar that you play yeah, uh, I was, I mean, I love 
the first guitars that I got into was because of Jimi Hendrix, really. And, um, you know, it was a Stratocaster, you know, because that, that was Jimmy's guitar, you know. Uh, and as I sort of learned more about the guitar and got into gigging and playing live, the Gibsons were the ones that did the job, if you know what I mean. They, they sonically, um, they felt right. And I oh, gravitated yeah. with the Gibsons purely for that reason. I didn't really know anything about guitar. It was just these ones work in the way that I want them to work, you know. And uh, it was Les Pauls and, and Flying Vs. And I, I've always played them since then. Um, yeah. And all my guitars are different. I've never played, you know, they've all got their own characters. And you can have two guitars from the same year and they're, they're different. They've got, you know, they, they feel different or they've got different characters. And they're like children, you know what I mean? They're, they're all slightly different. You can have two twins, but they're slightly yeah. different characters. You know what I mean? You can tell them yeah, apart. Yeah. Um, and I like that about them. They, they all do slightly different things and you, you love them for that reason, you know? So you, they're tools and you use them for different jobs. Um, but I love them. I, I'm a guitar fanatic. I think, um, you know, through this process, I, you know, we're talking about the support system and the guitar being medicinal. Um, they really are. One of the reasons... Uh, you know, people ask me what inspires me the most about, you know, playing. And it's the guitar. The guitar, first and foremost, I play guitar all the time. I play guitar in the bathroom. I, I play guitar all the time. The main reason that I do this and have done for a long time is because I love the guitar. I love the way it sounds. I love the way it feels. I love, you know, you know, finding out things on it and you know mistakes and correcting mistakes and you know the learning process i love the whole thing and um and you know with the gibson and the signature v's and stuff that i, I developed with gibson and we're working on prototypes now that whole uh journey creating something that's uniquely yours is a, like a whole extension of that process like making a guitar that's yours and that continue it's a whole journey you know yeah. um and it, nothing excites me more than the guitar. So um, I love them. Um, I go through phases. I go through a Les Paul phase or a V phase or, an, you know, an SG phase or different pickup phases or, you know, um, it's just nothing could be more exciting to me than a guitar. You probably, you probably tell, but um, I'm going out today. I've got um, uh, George Lynch is coming over in about an hour um, and we're going to go guitar shopping. Uh, we probably don't need any more guitars, but you know, <laughs> you know, who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. It's not about need, is it? It's about want. You know. That's right. So, so how many uh, are you up to? Right? How many guitars are you up to, Richard? I don't even know. I don't even know. Really? I, I'm ashamed to say I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> not enough. How, uh, how many do you take on tour? Like, like of your selection, I guess. How many like do you play on tour? Only six. Uh, I take six with me. Okay. Um, but uh, I think a plumber, someone said to me once, a plumber can never have too many wrenches. It's a good point. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I like it. Do you have any uh, Ibanez in your arsenal? Did you ever ever get into that kind of guitar? Or not I a fan? don't know. I, did, I never got on with the neck shape. The necks are kind of wide and flat. And I never got on with the neck shape. But... Uh, I know a lot of people love those guitars and I mean, Via plays them and Satriani and Paul Gilbert, you know, uh, there's some genius players that play those guitars. So, uh, you know, is that, is that, is that what you play? 
No, no, my my son plays. That's that's what he's using. <laughs> yeah, very very fast necks. The, the the neck shape is really fast. You know, good for shredding. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, can, you, can you talk a little bit about, about the prototypes? I mean, or is that pretty much under wraps right now? Because I mean, I've seen so much that you guys have innovated. So I mean, you guys have already done so much. It's like it's hard to keep track. No, I can talk about it. It's it's um it's basically um based on I, I had an Epiphone uh, signature uh, flying V, and it's the next kind of incarnation of that. So it will be a Gibson uh, Gibson version, not the Epiphone. Um, and the prototypes at the moment, we're working on the, the Pelham Blue, which is a beautiful color. Um, and it's one of those colors that is different in different lights and it's just, it's wicked. And somehow it's still heavy metal, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's like a metallic blue, but it's in, you know, still heavy metal. And it has um, signature EMG pickups in it, which I've been working with EMG on. Um, Ebony fretboard, uh, Floyd Rose trim, um, and a double uh, um, pick guard, which I've been using for a while. That, that's that's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, and there's a few other bits and pieces on it as well, but that, that's the nuts and bolts. Um, and I've been playing it for, I mean, I've had it on the road since last year. We, we tried it out and it's, it's holding up well on the road. So um, hopefully we'll put it into production soon. We haven't got a date yet, um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll put it on in production soon. Awesome. Very cool. This this one's kind of a curveball, and this just comes up because I, uh, your friend and, and Demon Hunter, uh, they're a Christian band. Uh, in the '80s, Christian metal uh, unfortunately was ridiculed quite a bit by the scene. Um, it, it metals come that kind of metals come a long way thanks to bands like Striper, stuff like that. What what are your thoughts on Christian metal, just as a as a guitarist and an artist? I don't know, really. Each to their own. You know what I mean? If, if that, you know, I'm, it's, I'm more in it for the music in the way it sounds rather than rather than the message. Um, I'm not, you know, hugely religious or anything like that. Uh, but again, if each to their own, if that's what people's, that's what their belief is, um, and they're not hurting anybody, is you know whatever they want to do. But to me, it was it's was, the music really. I thought they they put together a great album. If, um, they've got some great music out there uh, and as I said Jeremiah is a good friend of mine they asked me to do it um, and um, no and uh, the Striper guys are great as well you know they've, they've stuck to their guns over the years and uh, they as you said they put up with that ridicule and uh, they doubled down on it you know so props to them they, they held firm and you've got to give people respect for that whatever they believe in if they, they hold true to what they believe in no matter what uh, yeah. you've got to give them respect for that a story yeah. I have uh, related to Priest and Shane knows this is what I, <laughs> I, I saw. Yeah, Shane set me up for this. When I saw you guys in Houston, I I, I was curious about the Joel Osteen church. I was driving by and we, we said, let's go see Joel Osteen's church, you know, and I, we went there, whatever. It was cool. Uh, and then I looked online and I said, oh, Priest is playing Sugarland. So that night I said, I went to church and then I saw a Priest. <laughs> and it was like, it was just very cool. <laughs> it's also, we did a Tacoma Dome up in. Um, is it in Seattle? Uh, some up north, somewhere northwest. Up, yeah, somewhere there. Yeah. yeah, and it was the first time that I'd done where we had the other extreme. So we had the, the picketers, you know, the, uh, you know, oh, the yeah. burn the burn the album stuff, and you know, 
the devil's music and stuff like that. And it, I thought it was super cool because I'd seen that stuff in videos from like the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, it was the first time I was a part of, you know, driving into the venue with the picketers, you know. Uh, so I'd, I'd never been exposed to that before. So uh, that, that, was, that was a trip, you know. Um, but of, of course it's not, you know, the devil's music. So that, that's the other extreme about, you know, about all that, that stuff. People get carried away. But uh, as long as... Um, you know, as long as the music's good for me, that sort of matters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of bands that I guess are, are the extreme, are there any death metal bands that you you really enjoy? Not really. It's a bit extreme for me. Yeah. You know, me too. Bit extreme, bits and pieces over the years. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit lightweight when it comes to that sort of stuff. I'm more of a '80s sort of uh, synth pop kind of guy. I'm like a uh, Brian Ferry sort of uh, flock of seagulls type guy at heart, you know what I okay, mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ultra rock and uh, craft work and stuff like that, you know, that's what I was brought up on, unfortunately. Right on. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, would you, like, I know you you talked a little, there's some solo, there's, you know, you just, we're getting a feeler of stuff you're doing it like outside of Priest. I know there's a Rex uh, project with Rex, right, of, of Pantera. I mean, is there anything else that you, you do maybe on your own that would kind of have that would have a different feel or even like a, you know, Brian Ferry kind of feel or anything or? Not, di I, I don't think, it, not directly, no. There's, there's nothing right. that you listen to and think that's, um, there, there, there's nothing like 80s pop about anything. I think it's just the way uh, it influences, you know, I love making heavy music and heavy sure. metal and stuff, but I think it's just the way that that influence comes in, maybe in a chord progression or, um, you know, in a sound or, you know what I mean? Just the way that the, it, uh, there's some stuff that, you know, Brian Adams and stuff like that is some great chord progressions that I might incorporate, you know, so it's nothing directly that you'd associate with that kind of influence, but it's definitely in there. Um, but not as, not as in your, uh, it wouldn't be in your face, you know, um, just an influence for sure. But you never know, though. You know, you never know. I might do a synth pop record in the future. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, had to lose my mind enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> Duran Duran's from Birmingham as well, so. Duran <laughs> Duran, I mean, fantastic. I mean, if, if I, yeah, if I if I ever lose my mind and lose touch with reality even more than I have, maybe I'll do like a Duran Duran esque uh, record. Do you know what though? There, there was one. What's that? Uh, it's a, a flock of seagulls record. I was listening to a couple of years back. And it came out in 85, 86, something like that. And there was a few transitions on, on there. There was, there was, I thought it sounded, there was similarities, shall we say, to Turbo. There was some stuff in there, like to what Priest, sim similar to what Priest were doing with Turbo. And again, not in your face the same, mm. but some of the sounds or the transitions, I guess it was very of the time you know people right. were listening to the same stuff so it wasn't a million miles away some of the transitions and changes and progressions in there so i thought that was very interesting so i think i think i know what song you're talking about i think it was like remember david from story of a young heart kind of had that chugging very affected uh guitar gone it might have been uh, yeah paul reynolds was a good guitarist from block of seagulls he was a oh, killer. guitarist yeah, killer. incredible. And I just, you know, I, I don't think it, it it doesn't hurt either. I think to have those influences, whatever they are, classical, pop, 
jazz, and then you bring them into music like heavy metal, and it makes it maybe just a little bit different and makes the band just that little bit unique, you know. Um, I know Steve Harris was into Vangelis, um, for example. Yep. You know, maybe that influenced his writing to make Maiden just a little bit different. You know, Vangelis crossed with Rush and Thin Lizzy. Um, you know, that that kind of concoction right there maybe influenced Maiden in ways that made them unique. You know, I, I, I'm not justifying listening to Flock of Seagulls, by the way. I feel like I'm defending my corner. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to defend anything. I don't. It might have just a positive effect, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, is there uh, one question I did have too? I was just kind of uh, looking through my notes here. Um, like uh, we, I know we saw Glenn the other night. Uh, it was in Oakland, California. That was really cool to see Glenn come out. How's he doing? I mean, how's he feeling? I know it's got to be day to day, right? With with Parkinson's and everything. Yeah, it is. It's up and down, like you, as you said, like you can imagine. Really, um, I think it, it, he he loves doing it. He loves to play. He loves being up there. Um, it was an emotional moment when he came out. Um, seeing the fans, you know, there were tears. Obviously, there were smiles. It was just a celebration, really. Um, and it's just a testament to, to who Glenn is, you know, going through what he's going through. Uh, and he's still up there doing it because he wants to do it, you know. Um, it's an incredible thing. And I think it's a, an inspiration to anyone, really, that's going through anything. Um, if Glenn can do it, so can we, you know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, he's an, he's an inspirational guy and he's, he's always been like that. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a determined guy and that's kind of a, a testament to it. So, uh, you know. Awesome. Hats off to him, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, it was there's, nothing, there's nothing more than, than we would rather see than, uh, first off, you guys get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for yeah. whatever that's worth, but to see all of you guys... Uh, on stage together at just once yeah 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 that would be that would be so the unbelievably dream. incredible yeah well we'll see what happens i mean i think dolly parton um respectfully declined now yep so yep. um maybe priest will get in the hall of fame because dolly respectfully declined so you know that'll be that'll be uh interesting so um we'll, we'll see what happens um what did you think of that when Dolly uh, declined? I mean, was that because um, I mean, there's been artists out there before who have who have talked about you know they've had mixed feelings about the rock call. I mean, and that and Dolly declining really uh, generated some buzz in the rock community. I mean, did you have any thoughts on on that? Like when they had your reaction? I think it was a classy move, really. I think she she recognizes her brand, um, and it didn't necessarily fit into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I, I think it raises questions to what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame brand is as well. Um, to call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not have bands like Judas Priest in it from the day from day one, I think is a weird thing. I've said this before. You know, it's um, it's shocking, really. I, I don't know how you can call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame without having bands like that in it as default. They, they sort of spawn the genre. Um, but, you know, I'm not eligible, so I can sort of say what I want about it. You know what I mean? But um, I, I just think bands like that, you know, Maiden, Priest, Motorhead, 
you know, there's, there's a few bands that are not in it. Um, and a few bands, a few artists that are, maybe it shouldn't be called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've said this before, but I think the greatest accolade any band can have, you, you've toured the world for 50 years, you've put out music for 50 years, you've got a loyal fan base for 50 years. And I, I mean, no one's more grateful than these guys in this band. And I know that. Um, I think that's they're still putting out music. They're still making music. They're still touring the world. I think that's more. And I'll repeat myself here. I apologise, but I think that's more of an accolade than a trophy on the shelf. I, I really do. I think that's worth. I think that's worth much more than uh, than getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But uh, you know, yeah, that's just my opinion. I know the band don't share that opinion. That's just my opinion. But uh, you know. It's a loyal fan base for 50 years. What more can you ask for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we're just grateful for what you've done to really kind of just, I mean, when you came into the band, like I said, you breathed new life into it. You just, and I mean, the band said, you know, we don't know if we'd, we would have kept going. And I'm just so glad to have, I'm so glad you have. And I mean, you've got what, more than 10 years, 11, 12 years now you've been in and, and you know, two great albums, a third on the way. We're just, we're just so pumped, man. It's just, I mean, honestly, we're, we're indebted to you for, for flying that flag high, man. We really are. That's very nice of you to say, man. I, I'm just incredibly fortunate and grateful to be here in more ways than one. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, right. Oh, yeah. Be considered, you know, 11, 12 years ago was it was an honor. So it's, you know, it's a it's an honor to be flying the flag, you know, with you. So uh, yeah, thanks, man. Absolutely, man. Is there a working title for the next record? I know you're touring firepower, but I got to ask you. There is, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, <laughs> and again, again, these things can change as well. It's, it's early right. stages, so um, you know we we might have a working title now um, that's based on a song on the album. But you know, as you work through the album, you might work on a song that pushes forward a bit more, and then that becomes oh, that's got to be the title track. You know, so then the, the title changes. So if I gave you a title now, it might change. In, a few weeks as we work on the record so i don't want to i don't want to jump the gun you know that's not the title but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be couldn't it jump the yeah gun. Jump, jump the gun it could be, yeah. <laughs> have to ask though yeah yeah uh, how, cool is it, how yeah. cool is it to see bands like the scorpions def leppard def leppard has a they just announced a new singles coming out um in a couple of days scorpions just put out a great album mm -hmm. um with their production crew uh, how cool is it to see I feel like there's, in some ways, metal's really kind of going through a resurgence right now, especially the 80s stuff. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I think it's great. I love the Scorpion stuff. I think it's very, like, they didn't try and do anything. Uh, they didn't try and reinvent the wheel. It's like, it's, it's Scorpions. It's like, it's what you expect from them. I think it's great stuff. It's great, catchy uh, rock and roll, you know, stuff i really like it i love i love klaus miner's voice i think it's instantly recognizable and great oh yeah um uh, no i think i think it's it's great uh my daughter loves she's almost two and her favorite band is def leppard go figure there's something <laughs> in their music i don't know what it is but they like they tap into something in their soul you know um so yeah i think it's a great thing um classic bands making quote unquote classic music still um 
and it raises the bar for bands like Priest. You know, we've got to kind of, you know, raise the bar further. Um, it keeps us on our toes, and I think it's a good thing. It's like a healthy competition, you know. Um, you, know you can't slack off when bands like that are putting out such great music. It's up to us to, you know, again, we were saying, like, fly the flag, keep it going, raise the bar further, um, and keep inspiring the next wave, the next generation of people, the next two-year-olds that are going to listen to the next Priest or the next Leopard or the next Scorpions, you know. It's a it's an incredibly healthy thing, and uh, who knew that it would be happening fifty years later? It's incredible, you know. Uh, again, happy to be a part of it, and um, yeah. So yeah, it's great, and, and well done to them for putting out great music. Yeah, for for you guys is Andy. I know he's back on guitar, but for production is Andy. Will Andy and Tom be in the mix like they were, um, or I think like Tom was in the last two records or the last record, I should say, Firepower, right? Yeah. Yep, same production team. Sweet. Works so well. Again, we're gonna if we have to do it differently uh, this time. If we don't all get together in the same way, um, that will be different. But we're gonna use the same production team. Yeah. Um, again, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? And and that side of things. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, looking forward to working with them again. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, he, uh, he did a yeah. fan, he did a fantastic job on that uh, Saxon record. Oh my god! The latest one. So well, I mean, all of them. But yeah, that's so cool. Andy has a great way of bringing out what needs to be brought out in a band, you know. Um, you know, especially bands like Priest and Saxon. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear Andy do a Maiden record. You know, I'd love to hear what, uh, you know, no disrespect to Kevin Shirley. I think Kevin Shirley does a fantastic job with Maiden. And he, he makes, I think Kevin makes Maiden sound like Maiden. You know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. But I'd like to hear, I'd love to hear what Andy would do with Maiden, just as like a, again, like an alternate universe. I'd love to hear Andy produce Maiden, maybe just like on a track, you know, because um, I think Andy just gets something special out of a band, you know. It will be different from Kevin, um, but uh, in, in his own style, I'd, I'd love to hear that, what he'd, what he'd bring out of them. Yeah. Awesome, right well, hey, uh, Rich, is there anything else you'd like to add, man? Or Shane, I don't know if you had anything else. I mean, this has just been awesome to chat with No, man, I, th uh, I think we've, we've got a lot of good stuff there, man. I yeah. think you guys uh, asked some good questions, man. It was a lot of fun. And, and uh, there's a chance that, um, you know, with the guitar shop you do, that one of those guitars that you buy in an hour or two hours could be on the next Priest record, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably right, man. They do get used, so... You know, if if I if I do get something, they they do get put through the ringer. They do get used. <laughs> it's very rare that I buy something and don't use it. If you know what I mean. Right. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, tell George uh, to buy the Black Flying V, and we would love to talk to him on the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll tell awesome. him, man. He, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah. yeah.